Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, another show live from Canton, Ohio, the home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Got to see the Hall of Fame game last night at Tom Benson Stadium. May have got started a little bit late due to weather issues. Not going to lie to you, thought for a minute there that we'd be talking about a football game today. Thought we'd be talking about maybe kickoff a couple hours from now. But instead, they did get the game in. The Raiders come away at the 27-11 victory. Not that uh, the score matters, but... A lot to take away, in my opinion, from what we saw on Thursday night, the Hall of Fame game, first preseason of the 2022, um, you know, football year. And, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think there was some some good stuff that was out there, some good stuff on film now. And, obviously, there were some things that the Raiders need to, to clean up. And so, for the next three hours, not only are we going to talk about the Hall of Fame game, not only are we going to talk about the Raiders in general, just building the team, not only are we going to hear a little bit from head coach Josh McDaniels, who had his uh, media session earlier today by way of Zoom, since all of us were still basically in Canton, Ohio, except for a couple media members, and so uh, they did it by Zoom, so we were able to uh, talk to him around 11 o'clock this morning, so you'll hear a couple sound bites from that, and uh, got a lot of good guests to get to on today's show, so I'm very excited about that. Of course, Raider Nation, uh, we're going to talk Cliff Branch. Uh, We're going to have multiple uh, people on the show to talk about Cliff Branch, and you're also going to hear my interview with Cliff Branch from 2016. Um, It's really good on his part, not great on my part, but it doesn't matter. It's about Cliff, so we're definitely going to let you hear that coming up on the show today. But, uh, yeah, Raider Nation, we always want to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. So, coming up on the show today, that's the question that you asked, right? Well, we got plenty for you. Coming up at 2.30, Nick Shook from NFL Network. He was actually sitting in the press box right next to me last night, so we chopped it up pretty much throughout the course of of the whole game, and it's so funny, we were sitting there, before the game got started, it was the weather delay was going on, and so we had no idea, and nobody in the press box was telling us how long it was going to be of a delay. We literally had no idea. The way we found out what time the game was going to kick off was because on Twitter, apparently they had already talked about it on TV, what time it was going to actually kick off, and then that's when we started seeing it on Twitter. We saw a couple people report, okay, hey, uh, 8.45 Eastern or 8.40 Eastern is going to be kickoff. And so then we started thinking, well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. And then finally they made an announcement about it. But uh, it was about, I want to say, maybe two minutes out before kickoff was supposed to to take place. You know, the clock is ticking down, and so you know that, okay, it's almost kickoff. And Nick good, got up to go get some water, and he said, I think, we, I think I feel pretty comfortable in saying that we're about to. And I said, hey, hey, don't do it. Do not do it. Do not jinx us just yet. You know, you must – wait until it actually kicks off then you could say then we have kickoff and we have a football game because it's like a no-hitter in baseball you don't talk about it till it's already done right so uh we kind of had that little running joke going for a little while but we we talked throughout the course of the the uh the game about you know the the team the Raiders and the Jaguars in particular talked about players talked about Josh McDaniels I mean we just had some really good conversations so I thought hey man you might as well come on the show tomorrow and just talk about what you saw and what you're looking for you know from your point of view from a national point of view uh when you're watching the first preseason game what you're taking away from this so Nick Shook from NFL Network he'll join us coming up at 2 30 at three o'clock I mentioned that interview with Cliff Branch from 2016 when he believed that 
the reason why he wasn't getting in is because he was a Raider. You know, and I know a lot of Raider Nation feels the same way. You know, the Raiders, uh, you know, have the bad boy image. You know, of course, Al Davis suing the league multiple times, and they just didn't want to continue to put Raiders in. And so they kept backlogging them, backlogging them, backlogging them. And that was part of Cliff Branch's conversation. You know, he thought that that was part of, part of the reason why he wasn't in. And we all know that he really wanted to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in a major way. So, You'll hear that conversation coming up at 3 o'clock that I had. And, again, it's from 2016. And it probably would have been better on my part if my audio wasn't so bad. But our studio that I recorded it in was terrible. His audio actually sounds pretty good. Mine sounds awful. I, I don't know if I was in a tin can or where the hell I was. But um, that radio station should be ashamed of themselves to have uh, sound that's that bad. So um, it's, it's not like it's, you can't hear it. You'll be able to understand it. It's just – it's not the quality that you're used to, and it's definitely not the quality that uh, I would ever put out uh, in 2022, <laughs> right? I, I expect way more from myself than that. But you'll still hear that conversation. It's the only interview I ever had with Cliff Branch, so I want you to hear that. That's coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, uh, Brian Deardo from CBS Sports, he's going to join the show. He actually put out a piece about Cliff Branch and talked about his sister Elaine, who's going to give the speech tomorrow, and how it's going to be so – emotional for her and her feelings about what Cliff would feel if he was here today. And it was a really good piece that he put out on CBS Sports. So uh, I'm excited to talk to him. He's been on the show with us before. But, uh, yeah, his piece that he put out, Cliff Branch's sister to deliver late Raiders Legends Hall of Fame introduction speech with mixed emotions. So uh, really good. I encourage you to go check it out on CBS Sports. But he'll join us coming up at 3.30 to talk about that. And then at 4 o'clock, Mike Sando from The Athletic. He'll join us to talk all things quarterback tiers. Uh, it's something that's that athletic, uh, that piece that he puts out in The Athletic each and every year, and we usually talk to him following that each and every year. And uh, then he's put out some other pieces about pro football uh, Hall of Fame wide receivers. And so we'll just kind of pick his brain, and he's been on a training camp tour as well, so we'll talk to him about that and see when he plans on getting out to Las Vegas. So uh, those are the guests that we have lined up for you on the show today. Nick Shook coming up at 2.30. Cliff Branch, the interview from 2016 at 3. Brian Deardo from CBSSports.com will join us at 3.30. And Mike Sando at 4. In between all of that, not only are you going to hear all of that, but we have more for you. Like I said, man, we are locked and loaded. We have you lined up for a big show today, closing out the week really strong. You'll hear from Nate Hobbs. Uh, we were back in the locker room last night. Let's just put it like that. We were back in the locker room for the first time since COVID hit, and uh, it was great. You know, and we were able to talk to uh, multiple players. You know, for a couple minutes, each of them, just you know, kind of seeing how it was to get back out there to football activities. So being back in the locker room was great. So you'll hear from cornerback Nate Hobbs. You'll hear from quarterback Jarrett Stidham, uh, linebacker Divine Diablo. Um, let's see, Trayvon Merrick. You'll hear from. And who else do I have lined up? I, I thought I had one more guy lined up. Zamir White, thank you. How could I forget Zamir White? He was actually one of my favorite guys that we talked to. Uh, you could tell that he was just super excited to be out there and be playing some football. And uh, we'll talk about a guy who looked pretty good. <laughs> Zamir White looked pretty stinking good last night at uh, the Hall of Fame game at Tom Benson Stadium. So uh, he just he, he was really cool. What I learned about him, and you'll hear it coming up, is that he loves football and he loves his horses. Those two things. So, Damon, I know you've been um, – you know, dressing in your cowboy attire. Maybe you and Zamir White could hook up and uh, he could take you out on, on one of his horses one day. Oh, I'd love it. Really complete the gimmick. You <laughs> know. See. Wait, why has it got to be a gimmick? See, I, I got questions about this now. You called it a gimmick. Uh, excuse me. Did I say gimmick? You, I absolutely, said, you absolutely said gimmick. So well, you, miss, you misheard. I'm sorry. No, excuse me. I me, misspoke. Me and the rest of America 
that's listening just heard you say gimmick. So that, to me, means that you are just putting on a show. I don't know what you're putting on a show for, but you're just putting on a show if it's only a gimmick. I misspoke, you. That's all that was. <laughs> okay. Carry on. Okay. Well, I don't know then. I, I, can't, I can't tell Zamir White that you're going to go ride a horse with him if it's part of a gimmick. Now, if it was part of a passion, something that you want to do, something that you love, that'd be different. But if it's just a gimmick, I can't, I can't do that. I can't Because, again, Zamir White told me ball and his horses is what he loves. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm. You're gonna have to. We're two peas in a pod, is what it sounds like. No, you're, it sounds like you're gonna have to go ride a, a carousel, or find a horse on a carousel, and let that be part of your gimmick, and uh, and then you'll be good to go. So anyway, with that being said, that's what you're gonna hear from. Plus, of course, Raider Nation. Like I said, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. Nick Shook at two thirty, Cliff Branch at three o'clock, Brian Deardo at three thirty, Mike Sando at four, and then multiple players that we uh, got to talk, a chance to talk to in the Raiders locker room following their twenty-seven to eleven victory over the. Jacksonville Jaguars in preseason game number one. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So, of course, following the game, what do we have to talk about? What stood out to you the most? Who took a big step in earning the job? And who took a step in the wrong direction and basically uh, took one step in losing a job. And there was a lot of takeaways I had from the game. Uh, and in particular, one that stood out to me in a major way was uh, cornerback Nate Hobbs. And I know he only played in two series, but he was on the outside. And I'll tell you, Raider Nation, and I said it multiple times in the press box, and we'll ask Nick about it coming up at 2.30. He looks the part. He absolutely looks the part at that outside corner position. He really does. I mean, he just looks like it's such a natural position for him. Now, look, I get it. It was one preseason game against whoever he was going up against. It's not the best of the best. I mean, there were no, you know, Devon, not Devon Diablos, no uh, De, um, Devontae Adams out there. There was no, no guys like that that he was up there defending. But, man, he sure looks like he, he fits the part. So when I saw him and I saw him line up on the outside, I was like, man, uh, that's, that's awesome. You know, that, that's, that's perfect. And if he, can, if he can earn that spot and stay in that spot, I'd be okay with that. You know, there's other guys that can man the slot, I do believe. You know, they, they've had other guys that, that were manning the slot while he was on the outside. I even asked uh, earlier, I asked uh, Josh McDaniels about Nate Hobbs. Matter of fact, manning the slot. We'll hear from him in just a second, and we'll hear from Nate Hobbs as he was in the locker room, and we've got a couple minutes to catch up with him. But that's one of my biggest takeaways is how natural he looked at that outside corner position. Uh, the, another takeaway that I had, and I'm sure a lot of people are talking about it, and no, it's not Josh Jacobs starting the game. I mean, you could take for, for that whatever you want. Uh, you know, I, I know that that's a guy that had his fifth-year option declined. I know that's a guy who's a really good running back. He's trying to prove to the Raiders, and he's trying to prove to the rest of the league what he can bring to the table. And so many will say, well, what does he have to prove in a, in a Hall of Fame game? There's, there's multiple reasons to put him out there. Head coach Josh McDaniels said after the game that, you know, he has him out there because you can't simulate that kind of stuff in practice. You know, you've you got to, uh, you know, get hit. You've got to start to learn offensive alignment. You've got to be able to, to take that hit and, and know that these guys are trying to arrive with bad intentions, and you can't do that in practice. That's one reason. And the other reason for it, and, and let's just be honest about the situation, the other reason for it is to, to show what he could do to the rest of the league or for the rest of the league. I mean, just straight up. You know, nobody knows what the future is going to hold for Josh Jacobs, including Josh Jacobs. But, you know, 
everyone viewed it. I, I saw the numbers just roll down a little while ago. How many people were watching the Hall of Fame game? And I, and I, don't, I don't have it on me right now, but it was a ton of people. So basically the whole league was watching. I mean, you just, you know, there's, there's many reasons why you do what you do and why coaches and front offices and uh, regimes do what they do. So uh, I had no problem with Josh Jacobs being out there. I kind of like seeing multiple starters out there. Thought that that was cool, and I know plenty of people had called in, texted in, tweeted in, and said, hey, you know, if you go back and look to see what they did in New England, they had starters play. So I didn't have any problem with it. I know some people were up in arms about it, but I think he had, what, five carries and then two catches? That's fine. Get his feet wet a little bit. I'm cool with it. I thought it was great. But my other takeaway from it not having to do with Josh Jacobs is Brandon Parker is not the guy that you need to rely on. You know, and I know that he said all the right things the other day in the media session when he said that they were just continuing to grind and work. And, you know, he hears he hears the offensive line being the butt of jokes and he shut down social media and all this other good stuff. But uh, I'll tell you right now, he was in a position that he most likely won't be in in that left tackle spot because we all expect Colton Miller to hold that down. But Raider Nation, you know how quick, fast and hurry something could happen. And all of a sudden, if, if they have to call upon a guy, Brandon Parker's not the guy that you want to call upon. I mean, he's just not. It, it, look, he's serviceable to okay and sometimes good at that right tackle spot, but he's definitely not cut out for the left tackle spot. So with that being said, I think, you know, that the the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, uh, Champ Kelly, they need to continue to, to you know, uh, go ahead and comb through the waiver wire. And I know they are. You know, I know they're doing that for all positions, not just uh, the offensive line. I know they're going to always do that. They're going to do their due diligence on everyone that's available throughout the course of the league, you know, and that's, that's, that's their job. That's exactly what they do. So uh, I don't, they're not, you know, I'm not breaking any news to them. I'm not telling them something that they don't already know. But I just don't think that there's a good solution at that swing tackle position. And, you know, when you have to break, break glass in case of emergency I think if the Raiders have to break glass in case of emergency I think they could be in trouble so those are just a couple of the takeaways that I had Damon as you were watching the game last night as you checked it out uh what was a couple takeaways that you had T Billy he looks good but a little inconsistent it goes back to what you said about Jared Stidham versus Nick Mullins like can you just be that solid seven Yep. All the time. He was one of those players that I watched a little bit. A couple of drops, but also a couple of nice catches. But it's just about being consistent. He was one of the players that I was really trying to key in on. And Brandon Parker as well. Uh, woo, buddy. I get it. When we had Dorico on earlier this week, and he's like, hey, Trayvon Walker doesn't have any pass rush moves. I was like, ah, man, let me look at Trayvon Walker. But it's like, man, he sure looks like he's got some pass rush moves against Brandon Parker. Right. And, right. Um, yeah. And then one positive as well, Lester Cotton. You got the job. Josh McDaniels, just give him the firm handshake. You, like, he did enough for me. I saw enough. And I'm not just saying that because his last name's Cotton. I'm about to say, how much of that, how much of that is uh, last name bias? <laughs> not just because of the last name, but I did see enough for him. I was like, yeah, I think he's won the job. But that's well, just me. We got to no, see a little and, bit more. No, oh, yeah. Got to keep competing. I get all that. Right. But from what I saw last night, he looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I thought the offensive line in general, even though they gave up five sacks, which is hard to say, you know, in general, that they looked decent. But they did look decent, even though they gave up five sacks. You know, and, and again, I know that doesn't really sound like it makes a whole lot of sense, but they uh, they they had their moments where they did they did okay. So I, I wasn't too upset at, at that. And I, again, like I said, first preseason game, I'll take that. I, I thought that the team looked very um, like they knew what they were doing. Um, I like the tempo that they went with. I like the fact that the play calls got in quickly. I mean, if you saw them break the huddle, they broke the huddle at what eighteen and nineteen. Seconds on the clock still. 
I mean, they were very comfortable in what they were doing, and that is so much better than what seemed like it used to take forever to get the play call in. It seemed like it took forever to get these guys lined up, get out of the huddle, and get. And it just seemed like they were always three, two, one, snap. Where this was 11, 10, 9, snap, right? I mean, it just seemed like they had plenty of time that they all knew that they were supposed to be. That, to me, was one of the biggest keys, especially with a brand-new regime, brand-new coaching staff, and only the first preseason game. That's something that stood out to me that shows, okay, they really have some real teaching going on in practice. That's something we talked about quite a bit here on the show. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy, Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? Living the life in Canton. Yeah, I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to, brother. <laughs> hey, stay dry, though. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Uh, just start off the theme, you know, carrying on what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, what's, what's ringing true is everything you've been reporting on that uh, Josh McDaniels and, and, and his crew are, uh, you know, only signing, you know, multi-tools. And I mean that uh, looking especially on that, that defensive, on that offensive line. And like he said in his, uh, his press conference this morning, is talking about, uh, you know, hey, uh, they said, well, you know what, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Brandon Parker is not performing well because he moved to the right side, I mean, to the left side. Right. You know, uh, maybe that you too, you took him out of position. And like he clearly said, you know, that's not, that's not an option. Right. That yep. is not an option. He's going to have to pick to it up. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to have to pick it up. I mean, we're not, we're not finding guys that can only hit one spot. I mean, right. they better be off the chart. You know, they better be that top tier because if they're good to serviceable, no, they got to be multi. We got to have them in all positions. Like you, like you talked about, I think on your podcast, looking you, you see, I'm really diving into that, that cue, that cue logic. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Dylan farm. I mean, was that guy wear three hats last night? Yep. Three hats. Absolutely. Three, three hats, man. You know, so you know what you can see. And the, the key is we're constantly hearing about depth. And everybody's reporting, and what we've seen is I tell everybody every single year of the week lately, Raiders have a strong team going into the going into the season. Then all of a sudden, midseason injury bug, boop, there we go, yep. sinking down. You know, it's sinking down. Right now, you got a lot of depth, and you can see that all the way through the whole game. I mean, they sat a lot of all pros. We're going to see some all stars coming out there. You know, they sat a lot of their, their key guys. And what we saw is some strong second-team play, third-team play. Yeah, there needs to be sharpened up, but the, the future looks bright. There you go. Great call. Great call, my man. Thank you, Raider X. It's great to hear from you. And, yeah, that's the key, man. Versatility is something that GM Dave Ziegler has preached since he got here. You know, since he arrived, he said versatile, versatile, versatile. Versatility is something. And, and he said that exact thing that you said. If you're not a versatile player, you better be damn good at what you do. Right. I mean, damn good at what you do. So, uh, yeah, that uh, that kind of rings true from what you saw last night. So uh, you can keep them calls and texts coming. 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. What stood out to you the most from the Hall of Fame game? Who took a step in earning a job and who didn't? Let me know about it. Right now, though, I want to kind of shift our attention. And I mentioned Nate Hobbs and him playing on the outside, and that was something that stood out to me in a major way. Well, in the locker room following the game last night, great to be back in the locker room. We uh, got an opportunity to catch up to Nate Hobbs. Here's that conversation. Shout out in the first half. Didn't get a shot to light in the game. From a defensive perspective, even though it's a preseason and all that, how good yeah. does that feel? I feel like the first half, you know what I'm saying, everybody was on one accord. He was on one page. And we was really just running to the ball and playing hard. I feel like if you do that as a defense, 
I feel like we got a type of defense that can do that. But um, I feel like in the second half, late in the fourth quarter, things got a little sloppy, look, not how we do things. But I feel like for the most part, um, my ones, twos, threes went in there and performed uh, to, the, to our standard to the fourth quarter. So. I feel like the defense picked up everything pretty quickly. I mean, it's only the first preseason game, but you guys look like you guys were on the same page pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like um, as a, from a player standpoint, I feel like we still need to do more. We still could get better, right. but I can see it forming together, um, how we getting on the same page. And I feel like when we do um, catch our catch our groove for real, how good and important is it, for, especially for a defensive player, the way that practices are structured, you can't tackle to the ground, to finally get on a field and, and do what you guys are supposed to do defensively? Yeah, that, that, it's, it's crazy because all week they preach, stay up, stay <laughs> off the ground, don't tackle, don't do this, don't hit the quarterback. And then it's just like another whole different environment in the game. But that's what we play football for, man. That's really, uh, I think every dude, who steps in this locker room, they love the physical aspect of the game. So it's always a breath of fresh air. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> a breath of fresh air to get a, to be able to uh, actually get physical and tackle. You know, you tell, you tell us all the time, you'll play wherever they ask you to play. You're yeah. outside today, look fantastic. Which What is it like being out there on, on the outside now after spending the year in the slot? It's it's like second nature, honestly. I um, play outside in high school and college and Really, uh, I don't. I don't really care where they put me. As long as I can be on the field and produce for the team, man, I'm gonna do that. It's a great opportunity. Um, I feel like it's just special to be able to, for, with this coaching staff, to trust me like they do. So there's Nate Hobbs in the locker room. Myself, Vinny Bonsignor, caught up with him. And, man, I'm so happy to have the locker room back just for those kind of moments, just being able to catch up just a couple minutes, you know. But, again, it's starting to establish that relationship. And I had a couple minutes with Nate Hobbs, you know, over the summer when before training camp. And, you know, it's just it's that, that relationship starting to build. And the conversations you'll see are going to start opening up, opening up even more. So that's the stuff that you can look forward to uh, going throughout the course of the year. Now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out here right now. And it's uh it's July no it's not it's uh August fifth excuse me August fifth twenty twenty two halftime I don't know what day it is but it's August fifth twenty twenty two two twenty two in the afternoon all these twos are wild I'm gonna say Nate Hobbs is gonna be a starting outside corner this year I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there right now I'm calling my shot I'm saying he's gonna be a starting outside corner that's and I'm just gonna leave it alone at that we'll talk about it later but that's where I think he's gonna end up when it's all said and done he's gonna be on the outside and he's gonna be a damn good outside corner. It's just so natural. He looks so, like, just fits the part. And I think that it would be big time for the Raiders to have that kind of ability to have a guy that's got that size, that strength, enough speed. You know, he's got hands. I mean, he's got all the tools that you want to be a boundary corner. And I'm saying right now that he's going to end up being that guy. Now, I mentioned we talked to head coach Josh McDaniels earlier this morning around 11 o'clock, and I asked him about having Nate Hobbs on the outside. Yeah, Nate's done a good job, you know, all spring, all summer of a really competing, very competitive guy. Um, you know, he's worked at multiple spots. And uh, so, you know, we we uh, worked him outside last night and, uh, you know, DP was inside when he was there. Uh, so, um, you know, like I said, just really trying to give every guy an opportunity to compete at some of those different roles uh, that they're practicing in. Um, you know, Nate didn't really give up much production last night. Um you know, and, and so I thought he, you know, I thought he played, did his job the right way. 
Exactly right. He did his job the right way, and he said DP played inside. Darius Phillips is who he's talking about right there at number 20. Uh, he, he looks very comfortable and confident out there as well. So, uh, you know, going back to what Raider X said, though, guys have to be versatile. So, yeah, as, as much as I'm calling my shot and saying that I believe Nate Hobbs is going to be a starting outside corner, that doesn't mean he can't go in the slot if he has to, right, or if they ask him to, or maybe some the slot corner, the slot receiver is killing it. Hey, Nate, you go back to the slot. Go back to the slot and hold it down. He can do that. You heard him say, I don't care where I play as long as I'm on the field. I can help this team win. That is what they're talking about. That's going back to Raider X's call about that versatility. Now, speaking of calls, let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. We're fast and furious today. Let's talk to our guy, Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? What up, Q? What up, DeMond? Man, what a, go- what, a, what, a just, what a way to go out there last night and just, and just really show Raider Nation that that team played discipline, and I agree with everything they just said. That's the first time I heard that interview. They did the fourth quarter when the, when the backup backups backups got in. Yeah. They got a little bit, but he let it be known that, and we've seen it. We've seen what they did. I think they gave them 12 yards rushing last night. I mean, it, 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 it is what it is, but what I was really liking last night, Q, and I know you're going to like this, man, is I like the way Jared, Jared Stidham played ball last night. Yep. I like the way he put that ball out there, and nine out of ten times, Trey, Trayvon's catching that ball, man. I mean, you know, he is the moment it is what it is. We're human. But the way he stood in there and took some of those hits and some of those passes, man, and the way he was quick to pull it down and the way he got through his reads quick last night, I'm really, really confident because you know I've been saying this for, for all year is I wanted to know who our backup was going to be in case anything was to happen. That is the most important position on our team. And, and for Josh to bring in someone just goes to show – Again, the maturity and the class that this coaching and organization is putting together, man. Q, man, everything is so so awesome right now. I did not know Josh had all that history with Cat and, yeah. and, 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 and the high school and all that. And just to go back there, dude, it, it, this, you cannot make this stuff up. Like, Hollywood cannot write a better script than what's happening with the Las Vegas Raiders right now, man. And, and I am just – I can't even – today, man, I'm so beat up and tired. I was up till midnight last night, got my butt kicked at work today. I just left from buying a new Raider hat, just ordered. Nice. I could, They didn't have an extra large Tay Adams jersey, man. I had to order it. So they got to mail it to me, man. It's got my Tay Adams jersey, man. I, I'm, I'm juiced for this year. I'm juiced, too. Yeah, it's awesome you get to be in the locker room, man. Tell, tell D.C. Passionate Raiders said he loves them, man. Tell him, he said, <laughs> tell him I love that, man. It bring me my gosh dang – Super Bowl hat. Let's go. <laughs> That's the love right there. Passionate Raiders giving D.C. the love. Let me run back to the locker room and let them know real quick. Uh, good call, man. Good call. I definitely appreciate that. Well, what did Nick Shook think? He was, in the, uh, he was in the press box sitting right next to me. He's from NFL Network. He covers the game like a glove. We'll talk to him next and th- see what he thought about the Hall of Fame game. That's coming up here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And now, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas, let's go back to Canton, Ohio, for more Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We were at Tom Benson Stadium last night for the Hall of Fame game, a game that the Raiders eventually won after a 
delay to get things started. Didn't know we were going to see football. Weren't sure 100%, but finally it kicked off, and the Raiders came away from with the victory. But victories, wins, losses, all that stuff, none of that matters in a preseason game. But it is something that you look forward to. You just like to see football activity, see guys going out there trying to earn jobs. And so that's what we saw last night. And join us now on the phone lines to talk about what he saw is Nick Shook from the NFL Network. And, Nick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. And it was great catching up with you in the press box last night and uh, not saying that we're going to have a kickoff because we wanted to make sure it happened before we actually talked about it. But as you're sitting there, preseason game number one, what are you looking for uh, from both teams? Well, first we were looking for kickoff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, we had to treat it like a no-hitter for a while before finally. It, I mean, I'd like to tell listeners right now because I'm going to put this 50-50 on me and you. It was me first, then it was you saying the storm was clearing up, and then boom, another lightning strike. Oh, it's passing. <laughs> There's another lightning strike. Oh, reset that clock. Uh, you know, but once we did get the kickoff, you know, you're looking for typically – the guys further down the depth chart to kind of make a statement. I think way back to, you know, the late 2000s, early 2010s when Victor Cruz had that breakout preseason and, and, uh, and, you know, kind of landed on everybody's radar. And the funny thing is, is that in that preseason, you know, I talked to one of the guys who worked in the Giants front office a few years ago. Uh, he said they were going to cut him. They were going to cut Victor Cruz, but because he played so well wow. in the preseason, they couldn't, ju- they couldn't justify cutting him. So you're looking for guys like that to do that. But what you're really looking for more even than that is some evidence, especially last night, of two new coaching staffs, two new regimes in different towns, proving that what they're the foundation that they're laying, what they're implementing um, as a program, is starting to take shape. It's starting to gain a bit of a foothold. We definitely saw that from the Raiders last night. I think you and I were talking about it last night during the game, just how sharp they look compared to you know previous Raiders teams, other teams in the NFL. It's not so much about performance. You know, when comparing against the other opponent, because, you know, as we saw last night, you've got a difference in starters. The Raiders right. playing more starters than the, than the Jaguars were. You're not looking at the score necessarily, but you're looking at how a team carries itself. And the Raiders looked very disciplined. They looked sharp. They had some mistakes, typical of a first week in the preseason. But you want to see that they're laying the foundation, those first few steps, to figure out, um, you know, is this team going to have its stuff together going into the season? Because there's been many times, I know in, in Cleveland especially, where there's been, you know, they just have looked lost even in the preseason and it's carried over to the regular season so very encouraging stuff from the Raiders last night no doubt were you surprised that they looked as comfortable and you know disciplined as you mentioned as they did in like I said in in first the first preseason game well I mean it's been such a long time since Josh McDaniels has been a head coach and so the the point of reference comparing those Broncos back then with with the Raiders now it's almost irrelevant to try to compare the two um, I was surprised. I was surprised because he had turned down head coaching job offers in the past, even turned down second interviews at times, finally jumped ship for this job, which is a good job to step into. There's plenty of talent there. you got your quarterback. you got most of your questions answered on both sides of the ball. Um, but, I mean, he really had them, I think, in, in, in tip-top shape. I mean, the way they broke the huddle consistently with, you know, roughly 20 seconds on the play clock, they rarely ever snapped it inside 10 seconds on the play clock. There was a tempo all night. I mean, they they had some issues with formations, but more in the second half, you know, covering guys up uh, that they'll get, you know, either ironed out or those guys will end up getting cut, being on the bottom third of the roster as it stands at 90. Um, But, yeah, I I was surprised just because the new head coach coming in, um, it was pretty impressive to see these guys. You know, that's something that you see out of the Patriots, for example, but the Patriots who have had the same coaching staff for the most part for many years. 
Talking right now with Nick Shook from the NFL Network here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Josh Jacobs got the start. I have to ask about it because everyone's been talking about it. Uh, what were your thoughts when you see a starting running back playing in the Hall of Fame game? What are your thoughts? Don't get hurt, <laughs> honestly. Um, you know, keep keep him upright like you do in practice. You know, when you're when you're in the hitting period, the higher intensity period, stay off the ground. Um, and obviously, you're not going to do that in a game. It's we'll go, but. I'm just thinking to myself, why are you pounding it with him? And then they were pounding it with him last night. You know, yeah. looking back, it felt like it was a dozen touches. It was seven, and, and two of them were receptions. But it felt like a dozen touches. It was 11 total snaps. And maybe it just felt like that because you're sitting there thinking, oh, man, I, I really hope he doesn't suffer an injury in this, you know, game that does not count towards your final record. Uh, so it, it's interesting, but, you know, I thought Greg Rosenthal, uh, you know, our own from NFL Network, pointed it out pretty well uh, on Twitter last night, which is, you know, Twitter up in arms over somebody who came from the Belichick tree going about going through preseason with, uh, you know, some of his more important players playing. That's kind of a Belichick thing. They want to they want to kind of knock the rust off and see what they have. It's not like he was in there forever, and I thought his exit for the night was very abrupt. And, and as he came off, it was like, oh, he better not go back in. And luckily he didn't. So right. it was interesting. Um, I don't think it's as big of a deal as, as we make it out to be. You, know, you, you can take it a, a number of ways. Is he auditioning to get moved or you right. know, a number of other things? And I, I don't think it's that so much as it's just kind of the way that they do coming out of New England. Yeah, Nick, something that, I, that, you, that you touched on there a little bit that I wanted to ask about is coming from that Belichick tree, and they do believe in playing guys in the preseason, but can we get some of those takeaways from the style that they played when it comes to how they were running the offense? Because they were a little bit more run-heavy than I expected. Can we see that trend continue going into the regular season, or it's just preseason? Absolutely, I think it can continue. continue. They, I mean, we saw it last night. They can run that toss around the edge at will, at least in the preseason when defenses are mostly vanilla and you're dealing with a bit of a talent advantage. Um, and that's very much a staple of what New England did last year. That's what they've done in and out for the last you know decade or so. They've, they've kind of gone back and forth between being a passing team and being a run-first team, and, and they were an effective run-first team last year with the number of guys they have back there. And I, I would say that the Raiders have a backfield that's comparable to that. So you know, bringing over Jakob Johnson as, as fullback was not a surprise when you then see them operate that way. And if you do, it's traditional. It's maybe not quite as attractive as you – you know, it's not an air raid type of offense or anything. It's it's quite the opposite. But they can also sling the football. I mean, they were slinging around with Jared Stidham last night. Imagine when you put Derek Carr and you put Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and those guys out there. Uh, what matters to me the most in those periods is the execution and the, the rhythm, the establishment of a rhythm as a play caller. And I thought they had all those parts last night. So you know, the execution will get better with the better players on the field. But, yeah, I think they can definitely carry that over, and, and they have the guys to be able to do it. Sticking with the run game, you know, something you pointed out to me in the press box was, was those outside tosses, you know, and how effective they were at that. And I believe you mentioned that, hey, they'll, they'll be able to do that for about the first five weeks, and then they're going to get it taken away. And then all of a sudden, week 15 is going to pop back up. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Raiders do that really well. That and the screen passes. I was impressed that they were able to execute both of those so well so early on. Yeah, you know, first down screen dialed up for Josh Jacobs was a, a kind of a surprise to me because you see a lot of vanilla offenses this time of year, and it felt like McDaniels wasn't quite holding back in terms of what he was calling, testing out, I think, what his bread and butter might be. And you're right, it, it, it is going to, I think, disappear for a period of the season, especially situationally. You know, you're down inside the 15 or whatever, and you, you line up in a formation where these guys have seen it on film that might not be there in the future. But the way they execute it, the way they send the tight end in motion from left to right and get kind of a pseudo crack back, you got guys out in front. There's so many blockers out in front. Some of them don't even have anybody to block, and you can just walk into the end zone. That can be your bread and butter. That can be a staple, at least to a degree. You'll have some variations. You'll have to get more creative in terms of what you run, what formations you run out, of, run it out of, or maybe the personnel you run it out of. But 
uh, overall, yeah, that type of stuff right there, you again have the guys to be able to execute that. It's just a matter of variety. And, you know, quite frankly, I'd pick Josh McDaniels to be able to find that variety. He's done it really well in New England for years, and it seems like the task is definitely not too big for him with the Raiders so far. No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Nick Shook here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. You mentioned Jarrett Stidham, and I think there's just no doubt about it. He's the leader in the clubhouse for the backup quarterback position. What did you see from Jarrett in the, you know, I think he had, what, a 15, 15 tosses that he had last night? Yeah, it was, he was composed. He was calm. He looked comfortable. He looked like he knew the system. And I think, I think that was an important part of him coming over from New England, uh, you know, with Josh, basically, was the fact that, Hey, um, I've run this offense for years. I have a rapport with my play caller. Uh, this is like, you know, second nature to me. It's just a matter of going out and, and doing it. And, and, you know, I thought he looked better than he ever looked in New England. I was, mm-hmm. frankly, I was really surprised by how composed he looked. Now, you know, statistically, he's 8 of 15 for 96 yards. It's not like he's going to blow the doors off of you, but he looked very composed. And that's what's most important to me in a preseason setting. I think he's very firmly your number two. Uh, in comparison to Nick Mullins, I know statistically Mullins might have the edge in terms of passer rating, but overall I would go Stidham over Mullins. So um, I was impressed. Uh, I think it's a decent you know, security option behind Derek Carr, who we know has dealt with injuries in the past. Uh, you don't want to confront that reality. You hope to avoid that at all costs. But there are worse situations in the league at backup quarterback than this one, and, and I was just impressed to see his development. It seems like with the years of being in this McDaniels-driven offense, uh, he's starting to kind of figure it out. Now, I know it's only one preseason game, but you mentioned Victor Cruz earlier before and how he <laughs> basically won a job on the team with the Giants by impressing the team so much in preseason. Did anyone stand out to you in his receiver, that position that's most likely is going to happen where someone earns a spot on the team? That's a good question because, I mean, if you look at your depth chart and you look at your top three or four receivers, you think that, like, Keelan Cole is going to be in there, right? But, I mean – there's always room for somebody to sneak in. Um, Tyron Johnson, you know, he had a couple of nice plays downfield last night that we were talking about in the press box where you just got to catch those. I and mean, he gets the yeah. separation. He gets downfield. He's just got to, you know, work on seeing the ball into his hands. Um, so I think he's a guy that's lurking, and, and I would put him in your top six. I, I think Demarcus Robinson was a, a sneaky good move for them. Uh, I mean, he played his role pretty well in Kansas City. And if he can get more reps in the next couple of, preseason games you might see him emerge there so at receiver i think it's important because you go beyond them and you're starting to get a little thin i also i'm uncertain on matt collins um i kind of liked him in miami but I'd, I'd like to see you know a little bit more of him and see what he can do so i think there's room for guys to definitely grab jobs there um and and your depth at skill for the most part you know even looking at running back you, you liked what you saw out of zamir last night yeah. I, I also loved what i saw to austin walter i know it was down the stretch in the game it was late in the game but it he ran hard, and yeah. uh, and so you love it when that happens. And even on the Jacksonville side, uh, I thought Makai Sargent had a nice little game as well. So uh, there's definitely some jobs to be won on the back end of the depth chart. Yeah, I agree 100%. And now, Nick, it wasn't all rainbows and puppy dogs. I mean, the offensive line has been something that we've talked about for a very long time, that this team is only going to go as far as the the big guys up front allow them to go. Uh, I know that, that Brandon Parker was playing a position he normally doesn't play, that left tackle spot, but – as a swing tackle, he may have to play that. How problematic was what you saw from Brandon Parker last night? I thought it was a tough matchup playing against the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker last night. Uh, he could have been better. <laughs> I think that that also <laughs> kind of brought the spotlight on him, unfairly yep. so. You know, everyone turns that game on and they're like, I got to see what the number one pick's doing. I'm keying on 44. 
And so, unfortunately, as the guy taps his blocking in, especially one on one early, you're kind of on the railroad tracks, and the train's coming down it. So you gotta, you know, you have to be prepared to, you know, get off the tracks or or suffer your fate. And um, I think he can get better. Obviously, uh, he's a sixth lineman. You 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 want to count him to be a little bit more reliable. But if he was that much more reliable, he'd have a starting job somewhere. So it's kind of a, a battle between both sides. You, getting that quality sixth lineman and, and being able to count on him sometimes is hit or miss. So uh, it wasn't surprising to see them, you know, send a running back to chip by the time they got the ball a second possession uh, against Walker. Uh, so they did a lot of rotations last night. We talked about how Leatherwood was in and out um, and how a number of different guys came in. Dylan Parham came in, and you know, he was okay. He was his first NFL game. Right. That's, that's kind of the kinks that you work out uh, as the season progresses. It's not the most concerning thing, but – also, I'm not super comfortable with the state of their offensive line. The other, otherwise, though, uh, they did a decent job. So, you know, you, you can't be losing sleep over that. You're just not also falling asleep easily knowing that that's not, that, you know, it's not the most rock-solid part of your team. Right. I mean, you, you feel better that it's, it's preseason game number one and not preseason game number four, right? <laughs> so right. so right. that's that's positive. But you mentioned Dylan Parham, and I wanted to end on this. Uh, the rookie offensive lineman, he played all three interior spots. He went from left guard to right guard to center. Um, that's his first NFL game, and he rotated through all three of those. How impressive is that? That's, I mean, it's fun. To me, it's fun. As a former offensive lineman myself, Seeing an interior guy move from guard to center to the other guard, you know, center is a lot different than guard. I don't know if people understand, but you know, guard you got your hand on the ground, right. uh, and it's a little bit more leverage. Whereas you got to snap the ball and be able. I mean, center is tough to play. So being able to watch him rotate between the three and also seeing them test him out. I've, I've been in training camps before. With you know, when I was with the Browns, I watched them try to do the same thing with Austin Corbett. Work him at centering wasn't very good at centering. Moved back to guard. Seeing a guy getting reps at all three is, is fairly typical of a young guy trying to figure out where he's best. That's how you often discover a guy who might have been a guard in college who becomes a really good center. You discover that in those periods is, is testing him out and seeing how he, how he holds up. He didn't like jump out to me necessarily, but he also didn't jump out to me for bad things, which I think right. is better than you know seeing a highlight pancake or something at that point. So uh, a lot of rotations, a lot of changes, and, and the speed of the game, of course, is going to be difficult for him to adjust to in his first game. Thought he handled it pretty well, and and it's exciting because if you can get that guy to end up being your reliable backup into your lineman, he ends up being a starter. Then then you've hit that pick, and it was a third rounder, so it's it's a win. Absolutely, no, I agree with you 100. percent And uh, Nick, this has been great, and it was fun uh, catching up with you and hanging out, watching the game last night uh, in the press box. Once it finally got uh, underway, even though I still don't understand the dynamic of those tables that we were sitting at, I just don't. I don't understand <laughs> why they were so high and we were so low. <laughs> So I, I think it's the chairs. I think the chairs need to be higher. So okay. we don't feel like we're all at a high chair, you know, at dinner. Right. I just I felt like I was like the little kid in, in, in college, but I was just a little kid trying to sit at the big grown folks table, and I was just too big for it. I don't know what the situation was, but it was kind of weird. But we got through it. We handled it, and the first preseason game is in the books. You got anything coming out uh, that, that we need to be on the lookout for, anything that you're writing on NFL Network or anything? Uh, well, we got a feature coming in a couple weeks in the upcoming Madden game. Uh, there's uh-huh. also uh, underdogs I'm, I'm, I like in the preseason should be coming next week as well. Um, and and you, know, you can follow all the Hall of Fame coverage, of course, in NFL.com as usual. I think I'll probably be making my return to the TV side next week or the week after. So, you know, nice. wheels are always turning here. Gears are always turning. There's always stuff in motion. <laughs> Hold on, Nick. You speak of gears right there and something that Uh-oh. I want to end up Uh-oh. real quick. Uh-oh. Are you a new F1 fan or have you always been into it? Because I see you also have an F1 pod. Uh, I'm an F1 guy as of probably about two and a half years ago. So I, I guess that still makes me kind of new. I dove in, man. I, 
I watch all the races. I watch the practices. I watch. I got the subscription. I even play the video game. I'm all about <laughs> it. So it's it's a lot of fun. But yeah, uh, you know what? Why not? Let's let's pub this. Why not? You gave me the opening. I'm just going to take this opportunity right now. Go listen to the Sean and Shook podcast on wherever you find your podcasts: Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We're all over the place. We cover football and we cover F1. So why not? There, hey, this is what it's for, man. They got the platform. Use it. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> Nick, thanks for your time, man. It's it's great. We'll have to catch up soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good one. All right, brother. There he goes. Nick Shook, NFL Network on Twitter, at the Nick Shook. And uh, there you go, DeMond. Always finding a little nugget there at the end, talking a little F1. 2.47 is the time. Many thanks to Nick for giving us his time this afternoon. When we come back, we'll close out hour number one of the show. We'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Who stood out to you the most last night? Who do you think kind of... Uh, help themselves earn a job, and, well, who didn't? Let us know about it. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. And now, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas, let's go back to Canton, Ohio, for more unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Speaking of Canton, Ohio, which is where I'm at right now, Brian Deardo from CBS Sports, he's going to be joining the show coming up at the top of the hour. I had mentioned Cliff Branch interview was going to be at 3. We're going to push that back to 3.30. Brian Deardo will be at 3 o'clock for CBS Sports talking all things Cliff Branch and how his sister is going to be delivering the speech and how it's going to be with mixed emotions. That's coming up in a matter of minutes. Right now, I do want to go back to the Raiders locker room, and QB1, at least for last night, was Jarrett Stidham. Looked pretty good. Well, he was all smiles after the game. Here's the conversation in the locker room with quarterback Jarrett Stidham. So take us through uh, just thoughts uh, after getting the first one in your belt here. Oh, it was good to get back out there, you know. Um, I hadn't played football personally in a, in a live game in, in quite a while, um, long time. So it was it was good to get back out there. I was itching to get back out there. But, um, you know, it was great to get, get out there with, with the new teammates and everything. And um, it was a lot of fun. We, we had a lot of fun out there. Can you tell that, that guys are starting to grasp maybe this offense a little bit better after being in a game like that tonight? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, any time, you know, you come into training camp, you know, it's all about, you know, learning and um, just taking steps forward and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, every day we're just trying to chop wood and, and, and keep learning and keep growing together and um, just keep running. That's all we can do. What did you think of your first crowd reception from Raider Nation? Oh, it was great. Um you know, obviously, I haven't been a part of this for too too long, but uh, Raider Nation seems awesome. So I'm I'm thrilled to, to be a part of it, and um, it was it was great to see all you know all the Raider fans here. You know, for the for the for the game and for the weekend, um, it, it was it was a lot of fun. You've talked in the past about loving football the way you do. So growing up a kid loving the game, how cool is it to play here, this venue, for what it means? Oh, it, it's it's so cool. You know, I. I was fortunate enough my, my rookie year we, we came and toured the Hall of Fame um, but to be a part of this game and to be a part of the entire week and what it means and you know obviously this weekend with the two people we have going in the Hall of Fame it's just it's really special and um, you know something I you know I can remember forever you know playing in the Hall of Fame game was a lot of fun. From Stephenville High School to Waco Texas to Auburn to New England now in Las Vegas that's Jarrett Stidham right there. And uh, he was all smiles. And you heard him, DeMond, say chopping wood. That was an old Art Briles saying. I'll tell you right now, Art used to say it every day. How, Art, or how's, how's the team looking? Well, you know, every day we just chopping some more wood. We just I did chopping like some that. I was wood. like, I like that saying. I like that yeah, phrase. That's, that's an old Art Briles saying right there. Chopping wood. Just keep on chopping wood. Speaking of chopping some wood, ABA Ivan Davis, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? 
Hey, how's it going, Q? Thanks it's for good. taking my call. Sounds like you're at a party, man. Sounds like you're at a fiesta. Yeah, I'm at the uh, wash house, and uh, and so they was uh, people washing clothes, so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, it was a good game. How'd you like my boy uh, from Cal? Oh, uh, Gar- let a touchdown drive. Yeah, he looked he looked pretty decent. He looked pretty decent, my man. Yeah, and, but uh, the thing I was impressed with was, for the most part, I mean, preseason is preseason, right? Okay, but no turnovers. Yep. Okay, I, I mean, I was still, I was waiting on the self-inflicting uh, mistakes. I didn't even see it in the second string, and uh, there was a reason why we had that lead because we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot. So, yep. congratulations to the staff for uh, for, for doing that. And Stidham looked at, I mean, even though he didn't have the numbers, you can tell he knows the offense. I mean, there's a particular look when a quarterback knows what he's doing, and you can tell he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Hey, good call, man. Good call. And uh, keep having that party at the wash house. I ain't mad at that. And, yeah, Stidham knows knows what he's doing. He would have had at least another 45 to 50 yards if T-Billy comes down with that ball. And I don't want to get on a T-Billy rant right now, but I don't want to hear him too many more times at practice say, I can't throw myself the ball. I can't throw myself the ball. Every time he runs the route and feels like he's open and the ball don't come his way, he looks at all of us and says, I can't throw, I can't throw, the, I can't throw the ball myself. Well, when the ball comes your way, you know what you got to do? Catch it. When you catch it, guess what? More balls will come your way. Again, just preseason game number one, but it's something that he's going to have to continue to work on. 2.56 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. We're live in Canton, Ohio. We'll talk to Brian Deardo from CBSSports.com, talking all things Cliff Branches. He'll be enshrined forever tomorrow in Canton. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.